0: hmm, isn't it good that our church experience isn't about like the trappings? We just keep having them fall apart. <laughs> Video doesn't work, audio doesn't work, printing doesn't work. But we can, but we can experience, yeah, the message doesn't work, the messenger doesn't work, <laughs> but we can experience god right we can we can we can just be together and agree, God's worthy, right, and we share the things that are we can share like he was talking about, you can share the experiences of. God's goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. We can do that with each other. Um, Before we jump into the sermon, just a couple of things. So we we don't pass the plate here. We do have offering boxes. Uh, There are also some non-contact options for giving. Uh, We have our website, omahavenyard.org, has a giving link, and it's via PayPal. Uh, There's also the Church Center app where you can find Omaha Vineyard Church, make that your church, and then there's a giving option, and It works for both iPhone and Android users. Hooray! Um, <clears throat> so yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks on American soil. Today is the 20th anniversary of 9-12. And so... So many of the posts that I, I saw over the last couple of days were about 9/12, about the day after, and how they, they missed that day when we were all united. Right? It, it wasn't about you know what party we were a part of or um, what our color was, or we were all just so. Grateful, right, for men and women who were in, who had chosen to be a first responder and who did what they signed up to do. They were, they honored their commitment, right, and they rushed into those buildings and they gave their lives to save people, to rescue people. So, what I want to do today is kind of a, a remembrance is to read from Ephesians 4, 3-6, where Paul is talking about the body of Christ being united. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Today, let's just take a moment, whether it be silent or whether it be praying out loud together where we position ourselves, right? We recommit ourselves to make every effort to keep ourselves united in the spirit. Because there's there's always things that we are going to have in common with another human being, right? We want what's best for our kids, right? You want to be treated well. You want others to be treated well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your message of hope. We thank you for the call that you put on each of us, and some of those calls are to sacrifice ourselves for others. Lord, as Corporal Deacon Price came home on Friday, there were a lot of people banded together in unity in a show of gratefulness and honor to that young man I grew up here in Omaha. Lord, I pray that in these times of lots of discord, lots of borders, that by your spirit you would unite us, and that by your power at work in us that we would make every effort to keep ourselves united in you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Mm. 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 Lord, we thank you for your incredible patience and faithfulness to us. Lord, we do ask for courage to be that faithful and that patient with each other. We rely on you, Lord. Amen. So there's a story uh, about, I think it's Dwight L. Moody. So he was an evangelist. Uh, street preacher in Chicago. But he also had these, he would do like these big events, right, big tent events, kind of revivals and things. So one night he's in a taxi cab, and the cab driver's, you know, talking to him, and he's just cursing a blue streak, right? And so Dwight Moody says, hey, can I ask you, friend, do you know Jesus as your Savior? And the guy turns around and he says, yeah. I got saved at one of your... Meetings. And Dwight Modi was like, oh, (laughs) this guy may have just uh, said yes, but he, the the influence, right, The, um, the change that can happen when Jesus is the Lord of your heart wasn't necessarily evident in the man's speech. Right, Maybe he had changed other areas of his life, right, but his faith wasn't evident in his speech um, and then there's another story of these three young men who had been raised with you know stories of God doing powerful things, and that Israel was. His people and he was their God, and he would show up and do powerful things to save them. Well these three young men find themselves um, in a, a land that is not their own, and they've got a king who's a megalomaniac, and the king has set up a golden statue and he's declared decreed that at certain times of the day everyone would bow down and worship the gold statue. Well, for these young men who were raised with, there is only one God, and we don't worship any, anything or anyone else, they defied that order. They refused to bow down and worship. So they got brought to the king, and the king had this fiery furnace. Maybe you're, you're figuring it out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar had this giant furnace, and he had it heated up seven times hotter than normal. And he said, you guys have one chance to say no to your God and yes to worshiping my statue, or I'm going to throw you into the fire, and who's going to save you? And they said this to to the king. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to explain ourselves. The God that we serve can. He's able to save us if you throw us into the fire. But even if he doesn't, I want you to understand, King Nebuchadnezzar, under no circumstances will we worship your God, Or this golden statue? So, the strongest soldiers in Nebuchadnezzar's army take these three young men, put them in the furnace. It's so hot, these soldiers die. And then the king is like, whoa, who do you see in there? He says to one of his advisors. And the advisor says, I see four men walking around. And they're not on fire. And the fourth one looks like a son of God. These three men are an example of not only belief, but faith. Right? They risk their very life to say, I believe in God and, and, and I'm not going to worship anyone but Him. <clears throat> well, in our series that we're in right now, titled Faith is Spelled R I S K, a motto for the kingdom life, as followers of Jesus, when we partner with the Holy Spirit to break in the kingdom of God into our world, It takes more than just belief, right? But stepping out in faith and risk saying yes to the Spirit, right? If we ask a friend or a co-worker or a stranger at the store or somebody on the phone if we can pray for them, it's gutsy and risky. And like we said last week, belief in action to pray in a way where we tell pain and pressure to to leave someone's body. If we believe that God is good and powerful and that we partake in what Jesus told his disciples that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere and that we are continuing the ministry of Jesus today, it means that we are... Stepping out of our comfort to engage with others with the love and power of God. To bring healing and salvation to them. That takes a lot of faith. And the beautiful thing is, we don't have to do it on our own. We can't do it. We shouldn't do it on our own. We should do it in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11:1 says, "Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance of things we cannot see. And when we are assured of something, it influences our decision-making, right? Um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 13. where Jesus is telling parables. He keeps talking about the kingdom of heaven and what it's like, and here he he goes. Chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man found hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it. Again. And he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. So the kingdom of heaven is like this item of value, right? The treasure, the pearl of great value. For the person looking for it, the kingdom of heaven is worth giving up everything to access and experience it. When we, in the parables that Jesus said, the the men, the people that discovered these treasures, this pearl of great value, they were assured of the value. And it, Drove their actions and their behaviors to trade their whole life, everything they owned, for the treasure. And there's something about Jesus' faith, something about the faith of the disciples that is deeper, wider, stronger, and more faith with skin on than mere belief. It's conviction. And I'm going to read a little bit from the... So there, there is a pamphlet that the, or a booklet that uh, Vineyard USA put out called Faith is spelled R-A-S-K, and this is from it. Conviction means that a belief has soaked deep into our bones, and now our entire body is involved in acting out that belief. You could say that those three men in uh, Babylon had conviction, right, about what they would and would not do. And Mark uh, chapter 9, verse 20 through 27, illustrates a powerful message about risk for each one of us. So here's where we'll get into our scripture for today. Mark 9, 16 through 27. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? I think it's Jesus is just like this doctor, right? He's just watching, and he says, So how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if the person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. The spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. It's interesting how important it seems in these verses that faith is to Jesus, right? There's the man, there's the man who brought his son to be healed but from the evil spirit oppression. That took faith. There's the lack of results from the efforts of the disciples. There's the conversation between Jesus and the Father, right? How long has this been happening? Since he was a little boy. Help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Have you ever had one of those times, like the Father, where your mouth uncovers your heart? Did I say that out loud? Right? You want to believe, and you've even, you're even taking steps like you believe. But then your prayer is, God, if you can help, please help. And the Spirit chides you and says, what do you mean if I can So again, this is from the little pamphlet. There may be no more profound demonstration of humility than that captured in the Father's words, help, I believe, help my unbelief. What if we were all as self-aware as this man about having a faith that is incomplete, one that lacks teeth, lacks gripping power, lacks some important level of hope and trust. Following the man's risk, Jesus himself then steps into the unknown. Sure, we can say that Jesus was absolutely positive, completely assured, that the Father would act when he spoke the words of command to the demon infesting the boy's body and mind. But the truth is, even if Jesus did No, beyond a shadow of a doubt that his father would act, he still had to act first in partnership with the father by uttering the command. Seeing God move is a partnership between the Holy Spirit and us. Yes, God could just heal someone without our involvement, but for some reason, he loves to work with us teaching us to do whatever it takes to see his love intervene in another's life. Isn't it interesting? Those three young men I started talking about in Babylon, they ended up going into that fire. But the Lord Jesus was in there with them. That's where he met them. Did they know he would meet them? No. They believed he could. But they also had the conviction that even if he didn't, they'd rather go on the fire than say no to God and worship another. Is there a risk that you've taken, believing in th- that the Holy Spirit was guiding you, that you took because you saw someone else model it first? We can read about healings happening in Scripture, but hearing and seeing God's kingdom break into our world can embolden us and make our belief uh, and take our belief to faith on fire. I want to see God's kingdom break in. I want to see God's kingdom come in power to heal and save. I want our meeting times to include stepping into the unknown as we seek God together to do what only He can do like that father of the demon-possessed boy, we say, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. It makes me think of the, the I, I, I was reading this week, so John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, believed that healing was for believers. He called it doing the stuff. Supernatural stuff. And I think think he recorded that he prayed for like 900 people to be healed that didn't get healed until the Lord started to heal people through his prayers. That's faith. That's conviction. But I can't think he would not have been a human being if he didn't have some unbelief. I believe it's possible, but I don't know that it's going (laughs) to happen. Well, in the story of Mark 9, the man was desperate, right? He loved his boy. This boy was possessed by an evil spirit. He had no way to fight it. It It was in his own son. He was desperate to find salvation for his son, desperate for his son to be released from the captivity of the demon oppression. And because of this, he put his reputation on the line. He spoke up when Jesus came back and said, what's all this arguing about? And I had the incredible honor of visiting with two families this week while their mother or wife was in the hospital. In both of these cases, these women had been on life support and had been taken off of life support, and they passed. And both of these women left behind husbands that are lost without them. They were in love and did everything together. They left behind children who were at their bedside day and night, making sure that they got the best care possible. Both of these women knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they're in his presence now, able to see his face clearly. If they could say one thing to us today, it would be that risking your reputation to put your faith in Jesus is the best decision you can make with your whole life. The life that the Father has for us doesn't start when we die, though. He invites us to take those faith risks while we live. And because of that, we have the potential. We have the potential to see people delivered from evil spirits. To have their bodies healed. To experience Freedom and forgiveness and inclusion and family. God's kingdom is where he rules and reigns. When we walk in that faith on fire, risking to step into the unknown, even with our unbelief, that's the kingdom life. Bless you. And our motto for the kingdom life is faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So where in your life do you struggle with unbelief? Uh, For me, a lot of times it's about money. If we've got plenty of money i got lots of faith. But if money's tight, I get all freaked out. But I have this terrible uh, ability to not be stressed out when other people are facing financial problems. (laughs) Because it's, it's then that I can look back over our life and see how faithful God was to provide for us. Even when we were in way worse shape than I am now. So, if we're gonna, if we're gonna kind of move, let's say there's a a line, right? There's Chicago cabbie yeah, I'm blankety blank saved to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If it if it costs me burning on this side of heaven to stay faithful to the Lord, sign me up. We all start somewhere, right, and we're all on our journey. We're all on our journey. This community of the Omaha Vineyard Church is one of experiencing the Word of God and the power of the Spirit. And if we believe this, then we want to say yes when the Spirit says go or stay or pray. Or help me with my unbelief. So uh, here's what I want to do. I want to invite you guys. It, let's be in a position of prayer, right? And and not like here's my laundry list of stuff, right? But in intimate relation with God, right? I'm I'm like I'm going to turn to face the Lord. And say, Lord, point out to me the areas of my life where I struggle with unbelief. And Lord, speak to me about who you may want to heal and what you may want to heal them of. Let's put our faith into action to listen and obey when the Spirit guides us. Humbly risk your reputation to not only seek help from Jesus, but to be completely honest with him about your unbelief. And allow yourself to be driven by your own or another's desperation to take a risk, to take a faith risk. When we walk in the power of the Spirit, when we walk in taking faith risks, want to know what happens? God gets the glory. And if our lives are worth anything, they're worth giving glory to God through. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes the Bible can seem really different, really strange, really foreign. But then there's these moments where we can absolutely put ourselves in in the shoes of a father whose child is sick, And no one can heal them. And we come to you, Lord, and we say, if you can help us, please help us. And you remind us, what do you mean, if I can? With belief, anything is possible. Lord, again... We believe you are the only way. Help us in our unbelief. And when we try something and fail, may we go right back to you. The next verse in Mark chapter 9, the disciples go back to Jesus and they ask him, why couldn't we cast out that demon? and he says that one like this has to be cast out through prayer. Lord, may we bring everything to you in prayer. But may we not get so um, one-dimensional that we stop serving others. or we want... We want to experience a full, the fullness of your kingdom. You and me, and you and others. Show us, Lord, who we might pray for, what you want to do. May we have the boldness, the faith on fire, to take that step of faith and say yes to you. Amen. I'm going to pronounce our blessing, and then I, let's do ministry time. Let's step into this. Let's lean into this. And so, if you've got a word of encouragement, if you've got a praise, or you want to receive prayer, let's do that. Omaha Vineyard Church, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you his peace. Amen.